The coating durability test puts excess through a cycle of 10,000 strums. Through the lens of a microscope, it is clear that excess retains its composition better than other coated strings. Testing complete. Right on, dude. Sounded great. How are you? Hey, I'm good, man. It's awesome to see you. Nice to hey, see you. This is Perry with Premier Guitar. Uh, we're here in Indianapolis, Indiana, not Nashville, Tennessee today for, uh, you know, it doesn't usually go that way, but we came all the <laughs> way up here to see our friend Billy because since the last time we did a rig rundown, shit's changed. Yeah. You, you got a Grammy. Bit. You got some new gear. <laughs> you got a lot of new gear. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, before we get into the gear, man, a couple questions. What was it like playing Doc Watson's guitar, man? How was that? Oh, man, that was really, really special. I mean, most... Most of y'all know how much Doc Watson means to me, and I grew up on his music and hearing my dad play it and sing it. And so, uh, yeah, I was out there at Brian Sutton's flat picking camp right. in uh, Brevard. Yeah, I watched all the videos. It was awesome, awesome. stuff, dude. Awesome. It was great. I went there as a student, you know, and just sat in on a few classes and hung out. But yeah, so when I first got there, we we're all just sort of hanging and. Uh, Somebody goes, hey, man, you want to play Doc's guitar? And I'm like, wait, what? Oh, house? Yeah. You know, so we walked in there, and they just handed it to me. And I, I like, had a moment, you know. I kind of, it was, it was trippy. Right. Uh, but then after I, after I got all the tears and waterworks and everything out of the way, I sat there and played it for about three hours. Just uh, me, uh, me and Brian sat down. He gave me a little lesson, you know, on it. And. Uh, I mean, not oh, cool. on it, but like, I was playing Doc's guitar while Brian, you know, gave me a lesson for like an hour or something, and it was awesome, man. How cool! Really great time, and it's such a great guitar. Um, it's a Gallagher, right? It's a 1968 Gallagher. I want to say G50. It's a 50. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a mahogany guitar. It. I was flabbergasted by how amazing the sound quality was. It was like playing an old Martin or something. It Loud. Huge and just huh. amazing sounded. I guess I always assume, I don't know, y'all probably know better than I do, but that mahogany is maybe like a darker tone wood than, you know, um, some others. I don't know. Uh, rosewood is a typical, you know, back and sides yeah. wood. But I don't know, the tone wood argument goes pretty deep. I mean, you could, you know, I yeah. mean, guitar is different. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I used to play a lot of a lot more mahogany guitars. I think my first Thompson was mahogany, and I, every guitar I played up until I started being able to get some rosewood, I guess you know. <laughs> um, I I've always I always used to like mahogany guitars. I think in, a, in like a acoustic setting, in like a bluegrass jam, you know, there's banjos and upright basses and fiddles and stuff to cut through. A mahogany guitar can kind of point and cut through it a little bit better uh where a rosewood guitar i feel like sometimes i mean it is great too most of my guitars are rosewood now but um there's a little bit more bass response i feel like and a little bit more uh just of a bit of a body on it and is i like playing rosewood guitars by myself more huh. solo you know what i mean and then if i'm in a if i know i'm gonna be going to a jam next to a 
you know, somebody's having a party or something and there's going to be picking, I might bring a mahogany guitar that'll... Kind of sit in the mix better. Yeah, yeah just kind of poke through them banjos yeah. and stuff, you know? Yeah, totally get that. Yeah. Well, that, what, an, what an awesome experience, man. I saw that video. I'm like, you got to be kidding. That is so cool, dude. Yeah. What else is cool? Dude, you're single with Willie. How was that working with him? Oh. How cool. It was beautiful. Yeah, he's such a such a great man. And, uh, you know, after doing that track, I really got thinking about him and just how it's he is woven into he's woven into the fabric of our nation you he know he is americana yeah like he is you know oh man what a he's cool so experience great. and the song rips man it's great um when we were recording i went down there so we can put his vocals on you know and um he just went through it a few times and he was kind of singing and trying to figure out what the, what his vibe was on it and i think something kind of clicked somewhere and he just started singing and it sounded like younger Willie like it sounded like his younger self maybe he, he was kind of fumbling with it at first and I think it sort of pissed him off and then the next take it was like this but, voice came out and I was like oh my god we got that on tape it's funny because on the track it really is reminiscent oh, of kind of older he's, Willie stuff you know he's 90 years old still killing it out there on stage singing his songs man what an inspiration yeah. you know seriously man that's a good run you oh. know, to still be doing what you love at that age. Uh, yeah, he says, you know, when Trigger quits, he'll quit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, judging from the looks of Trigger, <laughs> I, I, I hope it has longer than it looks because that thing is beat up. Did you get to play that? I did. How was yeah. that? It was amazing. Uh, when we were sitting there, uh, like I said, down there in Luck at his studio, we were just kind of sitting there shooting the bull for a second, and Trigger sitting there, and I asked him, can I strum a chord on it? And he said, yeah, sure. And I started playing it for a while, and I didn't know, you know, and it was plugged into his amp, too, so it had, like, the sound. His sound is like that guitar through that amp, sure, you know? Yeah. But the engineer hit record, so I, I have, you know, five minutes recorded of me playing Trigger just at home just on standard. a hard drive somewhere, so it's like, just so I can keep that forever. You can and back that up, buddy. Yeah, just, <laughs> That's so cool. I can hear it, you know. And yeah. It's such a, that guitar, the whole story behind that guitar, too, is, is just crazy. Something man. else, like, man. Some, somebody fell on his other guitar in a bar or something and crunched it. And, and uh, <laughs> so we called whoever was up in Nashville selling guitars at the time, said, I need a new guitar. And so, yeah, 700 bucks or something. And he said, that's exactly what I just paid for my roping horse, you know, that <laughs> earlier that week or something, you know, so. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine being able to buy a guitar for that, a great guitar for that now? Mm. It doesn't work like that anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, most of the time, you're right, but you can find these little gems, man. I like the little, just the old harmonies and, sure. you know, the silver tones and stuff like that. I mean, I found one of those at, Carter one time for like 150 bucks and it's just like one of my favorite guitars. Yeah, they have a, a, a real cool sound. I like a lot of times when people put the rubber bridges on them for that sort of thing. Or, totally. I know there's also, I always, the guy's name always escapes me, but I think he's in Alabama somewhere, but he'll take the old K's and like re-brace the insides of them. Oh, they sound, yeah, yeah. I, ha I have a guitar from him, yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah, man, those, every time I've heard one, I've been kind of blown away by how huge they sound. Yeah, because you know? he'll take an old house brand guitar like right. that and then, you know, fix the saddle and the bridge and make it intonate, put right. new frets on it. You know, I'm not sure if you like, we'll put a truss rod in there, you know. Yeah, I think the deal is it has to kind of have a truss rod so you can adjust it. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure well, on yeah, that. Well, yeah, the but... braces too, will put scallop braces right. on it on the inside. 
Yeah. Where some of those were like ladder braced, I think, right. you know, just like. The way they were just cranking them out, <laughs> you know. Well, some of them are like toys. Yeah, they were that, kind of student model or toy guitars. Yeah, you know, that were never meant to really sound as good as he's making them sound. So yeah, that's a. Yeah. There's I, which one? I have the Plainsman. It's got a real cool cowboy on the front. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Love so that. overhaul guitars. Check yeah. them out. Yeah, definitely check them out. Um, all right. Well, on to this Thompson. This has been your number one for a while. The last time we talked. Not only was this the only guitar that you had out with you, but you didn't even have a guitar tech. Yeah. <laughs> and now you got it you got it going on. You got my brother from another mother over there, Toby Bean. Oh, you know you guys know each other. We have the same last name. Maybe we're related, I don't know. <laughs> Possibly related. Possibly. Yeah. Um But I think the last time we talked, you had like a like there was an under settle transducer or a couple of those on there and then like a little one of those mic uh like a lavalier style um thing yeah. in the inside of that but it looks like you've changed it up a little bit okay so i'm not going to be able to remember the name of the microphone that's in here i know it's a sure but it's a wb something or other i'll figure it out oh, i see it now yeah okay. i'll figure it out for you so we can put it in the uh copy so, we, so we can get the right info so yeah what i have here is well first of all this is my thompson gosh when did i get this thing 2016 I think maybe 2015, 2016. I don't know. Maybe I really am not good with numbers or years and memory, but I got, got, got real good memory. It's just short. <laughs> um, but anyways, it's not 10 years old yet. So, but it's been through hell with me and sure. This guitar sounds the best to me plugged in with the pickup. And this pickup's been in here since I got it. And it just, I've tried other guitars. I have plenty of guitars with, with the K and K. And I will run it through the Grace DI just the same. But this guitar in particular, for a pickup, it sounds good. Yeah. Which is hard to do, you know, anyone that's trying to mic. An acoustic, it's hard to get an acoustic to sound like an acoustic a lot of times, you know? Yeah, so I really like the K&K &K on this guitar. And like I said, I've, I've tried other guitars. And every time I come back to this one. Because it's Old Faithful. It's get just... That. Home. And, and yeah. the neck, something about the neck is just really good for me. But yeah, um, I guess since I've seen you guys, you know, it's the same K&K &K pickup. But I, I don't know if I had this going on last time. So. And also, this might be new. I could be wrong, but what's that, yeah. what's that switch do? So I have the K&K &K transducers here under the bridge. And then I also have this K&K &K magnetic pickup. And the reason for that, and this ugly thing that most people hate, we get a lot of hate mail about it. Um, uh, so I'll run it through an amp, you know. <laughs> So like, but with this pickup, it won't, it sounds uh, really bad. And when the PA is on, it will just feed back, back immediately. Yeah. So I spent a couple years trying to figure out how to, you know, cause I played metal and when I was a teenager and stuff, and there's a part of my guitar playing that I can't access when I'm just, you know, flat picking. Sure. So I pretty much, my whole thing is I just want to be able to access all of it. Like. I'm not just trying to play bluegrass. I'm not just trying to play one thing or another. I just like a lot of different music and I like the stuff that I grew up hearing. And I'd like to be able to 
soar into a rock and roll, you know, more like classic rock Hendrix style Ooh. solo or something, or like play Black Mountain Rag, you know, at the drop of a hat, just depending on what's going on, you know. Um, so before, with like I said, I was trying to figure out how to make an acoustic guitar sound decent with overdrive or distortion and the transducer pickup would not do it because it sure. just excites the top of the guitar too much um and it will just feed back and i used to use an amp and i used to use i guess when i saw you guys i was had a deluxe yeah, or something silver face yeah wow, that was been a while so i used an orange for a while <laughs> and i just pointed it backwards just facing back there like just try to get it as far away from me as you can so that, like it doesn't feedback, feedback you yeah. know. So that I did that for a while, um, but then I I think I really got turned on to it from my buddy Anders Beck from Green Sky Bluegrass. On his Dobro, he has a Lawler pickup, and he plays beard guitars. But um, yeah, they put a Lawler pickup on it, and then there's the regular you know Dobro cone transducers or whatever and that's what he does he switched over to the Lawler and then he goes wow and I'm like holy shit what if I used a magnetic pickup instead of a transducer that's more like a strat man it's more like an electric right. guitar pickup so yeah it works a lot better you know um because you can just <laughs> And then I can switch right back over and go right to or whatever, you know, or if I'm in a, just whatever situation, you know, the situation is whatever happens. It moves around, man. Yeah, the situation moves around. Um, but yeah, so, so that's what this switch is. Um, this switch, when it's in this position, the down position, and I kind of just like, well, whack it, you know, or. I'll kind of be on the pickup and then put it back to the, you know, down position. Mm -hmm. um, so when it's down, it's on the transducer. When it's right here, it's kind of right in between. So it's just like an electric guitar, you know? And then up here, I have the magnetic pickup. So if ever you hear me, you know, soaring on the amp, I'm, I'm on this magnetic pickup. Um, and then also inside of here is this little sure... Um, microphone that i pretty much put right in here i tuck it behind this this x brace and just kind of it's like resting on the top of the guitar it's like right there uh. and it goes to my ears and it goes to out front of house um and that is uh this little guy right here uh -huh. so this pack actually powers the mic it gives it phantom oh um and yeah i had Dave Johnson scale, scale model, model guitars. Love, he he love Dave. Love yes. Dave. Dave Johnson, you're good, the man. Good guy. We love you, Dave. Thank you for taking care of all of my guitars throughout the years. And thank you for the beautiful compression fret job you just did on my 44 because it plays like butter now. And you're just the man. We love you. Yeah. Shout out Dave Johnson scale model guitars. Love that, dude. Um what were we talking about? Oh yeah, the <laughs> microphone. The micro this so the, yeah, this pack gives it phantom. So Dave sure. Johnson put this little he figured this stuff out. Well, actually, 
Andy Falco from the infamous String Dusters, he sent me this um, this microphone because I I was like taping a DPA mic yeah. in there or I remember whatever. When that was taped, yeah. And um, he, I saw something weird on his guitar. I was like, "What are you doing?" And so I actually, he's the one who I learned this from, Andy Falco. Interesting. So yeah. I don't know who, maybe him and his crew, Drew and those guys, but like, yeah, those guys are smart. So that is an, a, a, a very interesting workaround for sure. Yeah, to and, give the, you kinda all well, the and I'm wireless, you know, because right. otherwise I would have to have a cable to give this thing phantom because um, it needs phantom. But this pack will actually send phantom to this particular mic through this. It's like a little mini. Yeah, like, tiny little. It's like it's a little like mini a, three prong. It looks like a little XLR cable. Yeah, um, but it powers the mic. Um, so, yeah, that's. That's the the rig, you know, the Frankensteined out guitar that has been with me. It's been uh, recently. It was in a real bad accident, like at the airport or something. There was gotta love BNA. <laughs> oh, I mean, I I started just buying a seat like when I travel with any for your yeah that makes when it, when I travel with any guitar that I care about. I just started, and it sucks that. You know, I used to do like the early bird. I guess the one thing you can try is to get on Southwest and get early bird so that you're in the A group and stuff. But I think everybody is kind of even catching on to that. So it's, it can be a bust and they're, yeah, I don't know. Either way, I just don't get on the plane if they tell me I can't bring it on. But somebody did. I don't know who it was. Somebody on my crew probably. One of these guys. <laughs> no, I, it's it's okay. They they. Oh my gosh. But it got. It Either got way, something. Yeah. You know, somebody let them take it, and it came out smashed. I mean, oh. this was all. You can see this whole thing was crunched in right Holy there. Crap. And again, Dave Johnson. He fucking put this thing back together like Humpty Dumpty's. You know. <laughs> And this was all bashed in this huge crack and this was like completely smushed in because it got caught between an elevator it was like uh, like some elevator thing some hydraulic fucking lifter thing it got crunched in a cotton case that it was fucking destroyed like it was insane days a wizard do you notice any tonal differences since you got it back or is it pretty much the same it's pretty much the same like <laughs> I mean, even just like acoustically. It's yeah. really nice and loud. It projects well. It's just a good guitar, yeah. even with its uh, bumps and bruises. And I think that, you know, gives it character. And as, as pissed off as I was when it happened, it kind of, it's a little bit charming to me now in yeah. a way. It's like this thing's been through hell. It earned it, you know? Yeah, yeah, well, and man, I've played a lot of gigs on this guitar. Yeah. Like, not a thousand, but close to. I bet you're getting close. Yeah. And so. Yeah. I love this whole thing, you know? And man, I love it too. It sounds incredible.
Yeah. So the last time we talked, this was the only guitar that you had with you, which I think is personally kind of ballsy in your situation because you tour full-time, but now you actually have a tech and you actually have some other guitars out with you. You want to talk about some of those as well? Sure. All right, cool. Okay, so tell me about this. This is another Thompson, right? Right. Yeah, this is... So once I had... Uh, I guess what I started calling Frankenstein because of all of the pickups and, you know, this thing sticking out of, you know, it's like, looks like Frankenstein with all this bullshit on there. So I started calling that guitar, you know, the Frankenstein guitar. And then <laughs> I wanted to have another one built exactly like it from Thompson uh, so that I could do the same thing with it, you know, basically just have a, a, a backup, a sure. spare, in case I break a string or maybe, you know, whatever. So I had them build this one. Um, it's the same. It's Brazilian rosewood, back and sides, and um, they did this really cool, like cool burst, yeah, gray-looking sunburst. Well, because this is the bride of Frankenstein right. too. This I love that. That is so cool. So I have the Frankenstein guitar, and then the I have here the bride. Yeah, yeah, that's um, awesome. They killed it, man. That's beautiful. And so this one is, it's really similar to the other one. I usually. Use this one on like a lower tuning like that, like if I'm playing home. You know, like a, this is the guitar that I'll use for that. Yeah, I mean, that's beautiful. Um, but she's a nice one. Pretty much the same pickup situation. Exactly the one. same, yep. The microphone, the K&K &K transducer, um, magnetic, the Shure mic, same exact thing going on. Very cool. Right on. Right. Bit, what yeah, else we got, got going on? Yeah, you gotta look at that. Uh, oh, I'm gonna definitely gonna shoot a photo of that. <laughs> yeah, man, that the little inlay there. She's she's cool. They, she's awesome. They killed that. Yeah. All right. So That's, then next comes Jody. All right. This guitar used to belong to Jody Payne, uh, who was Willie's longtime guitar player, and um, I just kind of came across it. It was all kind of messed up. There was there's plugged holes in it. The the bridge was in the wrong spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, it wouldn't intonate. The neck had been overset. It was like, there was like a freaking hump in the middle. Guess who fixed it? Dave? Dave Johnson. Johnson. Scale model guitars. Get our kid. The guy's a genius. Yeah. He also drilled that hole right in the top there. Which I'm sure everyone loved. Yeah, and everybody's going <laughs> to, you know, crucify me for that. But so... This is a 1945 Martin guitar that is now being played on stage, you know, for thousands of people. And that makes me happy. Yeah. And, you know, it was a piece of shit before I got it. And I kind of put it together. Um, Do you think that was just from, you know, not have been played for a while? or? I just think that there was some shitty work done on it. Sure. And also it was just kind of neglected. and But it was it was not a... I guess it wasn't a piece of shit. I guess what I'm saying is it just needed some, like a lot of work. Needs and it, love, yeah. It was, uh, um, it was not like a functional guitar. It was, you know, I mean, you can see it's been smashed and filled in. It's been oversprayed. It's it's not like a pristine 45. Right. So to me, it was already molested before I got it. I like that though. It's a player grade, man. You could take it out and not really have to worry yeah. too too much. I about mean, it. I'm not. I wouldn't do this to some of the guitars <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah, you totally. know. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, it was, I call it Jody because it was Jody Payne's guitar and it's a, it's a wonder to play. It's, it's so awesome. The neck is really sweet too. Um, I had Martin actually, 
The neck so was well. like a little, you know, big for me. They actually kind of refinish it and put it into yeah. kind of like a modified V shape. I was gonna say maybe if you show the the camera because that is a pretty interesting neck shape and it's not one you see on modern guitars that often. But yeah, it's some kind of the of older. A v. I I got this guitar that used to belong to Tony Rice, uh, this Santa Cruz guitar, and it has a little bit shorter scale length and it has a real little v like that oh like the smaller one yeah well i mean it's just a small neck but the v is really pronounced yeah and it's so easy to play i mean especially because of the short scale length it's up the neck i mean it feels like a i really like like practicing on that guitar and playing you know anything like Does the, know. do you like the v because it helps you plant your thumb you know behind a, yeah like, for some, i think it i mean my other guitars don't have this right but I think when I do play this one, I think it just leaves a little room for this like part of my hand that's not like pressing up against anything. It's kind of, I can sort of wrap around a little better. Sure. You know? And that thing is real loud too. It's yeah. surprising how loud it is. Yeah, she's a good now. I mean, like Dave got it standing tall. The bridge is really nice now. It was in totally the wrong spot. Um, He's the man. Which is wild. Do you think, I mean, you think that came from Martin like that or did somebody just, was a shitty repair or something? That's what yeah, I think. Okay. I think somebody started messing around with this guitar that maybe didn't yeah. know what they were doing. Oh, and the other really crazy thing about this guitar is that when I was out with uh, Willie at his 90th birthday party and at the Hollywood Bowl, Mickey, his longtime harmonica, harmonica player, player, you know, yeah. he's, I, I was showing him this guitar. I said, yeah, this used to be Jody's. And he's like, no way. And he was like, dude, we should sprinkle some of his ashes in there. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I keep him with me. He's in my harmonica case. So I, we walked over there and he literally sprinkled his ashes in there and it it's stuck. You can see him right there. Wow. See that? I mean, it's literally stuck to the back. So I don't know if that's like the coolest thing ever or the most macabre thing ever, but it's awesome. That's <laughs> so cool. Well, yeah, it's kind of like. Who are we to make Jody's spirit continue to be on stage every night? Uh, but Mickey was his good friend, and he thinks that's what he would have wanted, so. Well, I, I trust Mickey on that one for sure. Yeah. Wow, that's a really cool story, man. That's so, yeah, that's, it's kind of crazy how they, like, it just stuck to the back of it there, like. That's where it wanted to be, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually some chunks, too. I can hear it. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think we might have lost one, so I'm just going to go ahead and put him back. Oh, thank okay. you. Yeah, you're welcome. But yeah, that's Jody, man. It's a beautiful guitar. That's great. I love this thing dearly, and I'm so... I love all of them. They all mean something to me, you know? These are yeah, my man. tools and my, my children. They all have souls. They're really special to me. Like, when I was growing up, my dad always just, you know, made sure I put them in the case, and, you know, he... he taught me how to do that you know should you reverence especially yeah. they're acoustic you know i mean if it's like a it's a little bit different you can kind of toss a strat around or a hard body electric a little bit they can take a little bit more but sure. these things are really delicate and they require utmost respect and care right toby <laughs> i agree i agree well that was a, that one's an amazing story do you have anything else you want to show off yeah of course um Shit, I don't even know what this wood is. Uh, Beautiful, whatever it is. Yeah, so this is 
a Martin D45 that I had Martin make for me, kind of based off that Tony Rice guitar I was telling you about, with a little shorter scale length. Yeah. And this guitar sort of has like a little a, bit of a V. Yeah. Yeah, like a little V on it. Um, but it's really. I love this guitar. Sounds great. Um, now I know this is newer, but it's already got quite a bit of checking on the on the top. Yeah, I had him do that. It's like age. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know? So that was a, an intentional thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's really loud for a guitar as well. I'm not sure what kind of wood it even is. Um, that book match back is so cool though, man. That's beautiful. I'll have to ask Rory, my, my buddy over at Martin, but they put this little BS on there. I also had them put a little heart right there oh, yeah. on top. So when I look down at it, I am reminded, you know, how much I love what I'm doing and what I do. And Love that, man. That's a, that's a fun little reminder for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's so pretty, you know, that it's just blinged out and it's got like engraved tuners and oh, stuff. Wow. Um, totally such a beautiful guitar. Yeah, that's gorgeous. All right, well, before we move on to another one and I forget, what picks are you playing? Because a lot of, we got that question a lot last time. I'm pretty glued to this blue chip, oh, blue uh, chip yeah. TP48 is what I'm using. That's a pretty stout pick, huh? And I kind of started using it because it's what Brian Sutton uses. And yeah. he's, he's just really good. And so every time we talk to flat pickers or bluegrass dudes, it's always the blue chip is what people are yeah. talking about. It's sure. either that or like a hunk of shell. Like I might have a, a you like know, an actual tortoise shell. Yeah, like something like that. Uh, okay, yeah. Totally. You know, just a little, the same kind of shape as like a TP, but sure. a piece of shell. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Like, if I'm recording or just playing around the house or something, I most, sometimes I'll use a piece of shell. Um, on stage, always a blue chip. Yeah. I can't use a piece of shell on stage because it's almost like you start wearing into them too much and they start getting, like, kind of yeah, scratchy. scratchy. Mm. These, man, I probably, I, I've, I've been using these for years. I, I mean, since probably 2012 or 2011, I've been using a blue chip. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we got definitely got that question a lot last time because I skipped over it. But while we're talking about it, what about uh, strings and gauges? Are they pretty much the same? I know you got a couple different scale lengths, but. Yep, 13 through 56 uh, coated Diodarios. Right. Um, that's pretty much what I've been using for a while. I used to use elixirs back in the day. Uh, I always would break the G-string on them though. I used to, it was so crazy, like, I used to bring, like, a couple extra G-strings on stage, and like, I had this little winder thing that was, I used to do, like, string changes on stage with my little battery-powered winder, and like, I would bring, so I'd have 10 sets of elixirs, right, and then I don't, they would all have the G-string removed from them. Just to have his backup with you? Well, no, because I break so many yeah. G-strings, and then I have, you know, 10 packs without a G-string. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. And they wouldn't, they never even answered. Like, we tried to get them to, you know, get an endorsement or whatever, but we no couldn't. Dice. I, I don't even think we got a response. 
But um, D'Addario did, and so, you we, know. <laughs> we, at Premier Guitar, we love the good people over at D'Addario. They actually sponsor this show, so we really appreciate them. Yeah, absolutely. And their strings. They make some killer strings, man. Are, do, do, are these like the NYXLs, or is this a just a phosphor bronze, or? Uh, they're just the coated phosphor yeah. ones. Uh, XS, I think, is yeah. what they and are. Do you like the coated, because it lasts longer? Well, I mean, you can, yeah, I don't. Are you switching every, are you changing strings every show? Yeah. Yeah. So. Sometimes every set. Right. Um, I mean, I wear them out pretty quick. It's weird. With the DI and the pickup thing, when they go dead, it's really bad and hard to play. Right. On my acoustic guitars, like just when I, you know, ones I play into a microphone or something, I like dead strings. I'll, I'll use yeah, the non-coated. Regular uh, EJ, what a, you know, the regular old non-coated D'Addario's, and I'll let them get dead as hell before I change them. Because, um, especially on like an old Martin, because on the old guitars, dead string, like, you can get away with dead strings more. Right. Because the guitar does it. It's probably more true to form, too, because, man, they weren't changing strings all the time back then, you know? Oh, my God. I mean... Carter Stanley, Larry Sparks, all those guys, they never changed their strings, man. No. They change it unless it broke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, well, when do you change your strings? When they break? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of strings do you use? Uh, guitar strings? Guitar strings? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that. That's funny. But yeah, Larry Sparks, I think he's still rocks old daddies. Yeah. Old daddies, man. And he's got such a good tone and stuff. Sutton, too, I think he likes dead, you know, D'Addario's. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. All right, well, do we have any other guitars that we want to look at before of we... Of course. Okay, in that case, let's do it. This one's, like, kind of my pride and joy here. This is a 1940 D28. You're not going to see any holes getting drilled no. in this one. No three-way switch on this bad no, boy. No, this one just gets played into mics. Like, when we set up a microphone, you know, a lot of times we'll set up uh, one mic or maybe just two mics and kind of, you know, play to the crowd or whatever. This I'll grab this guitar because I... It's just so acoustically, this one is really. Okay, so far this one's the award for being loudest, just standalone. That's wild. Yeah, I mean. And you've had this one for a while, right? No. Oh, is this new? Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's one of the best, like, 1940s Martins that I've played. Yeah. And it when I incredible. have a 44 as well. Yeah, I, I think you mentioned that on our last rundown, but you didn't have it with you. Yeah. So I have a 44 that's really good that I got from George Groon. Um, and that's the one that just got a compression job done on it from Dave. Uh, the neck was kind of a little too bowed and he got it real straight and true. But when I got this one, I took that guitar, you know, my best one down to Carter and, and I kind of A beat it with this one. And I'm like, man, I hope this doesn't beat it. And this one, <laughs> this one really did beat it. And, you know, in a few different ways, but really because it's so easy to play and it sounds so great and it's easy to play. So like, because it's easier to play, it's easier for me to make it sound great. Right. You know, and to really get 
all of the tone out of the guitar and kind of pull tone from it, you know? Did they have any history on it or know who it belonged to when you bought it? I don't know. I think it was just like this Japanese collector guy. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, it sounds great. I hope the Japanese collector guy is watching this. <laughs> because he'll get to see this guitar but also it looks like it was pretty well loved like somebody obviously was a player that played it you know yeah the, the wear you know completely clean off the pit guard someone who's beating the hell out of it and it's yeah it's really been played you can tell you know the neck kind of has that haze on the, in the in well the it's, you can feel where somebody's hand was you know and um i like that yeah it feels played and it the guitar it doesn't fight you back. It it gives it to you. Yeah. It's it's like really you know. It'll put out for you with its sound. You know, it, it, it's it's just a good one, really good one. Yeah, it's very good. lucky to have this guitar, and I play it every day, and I practice on it. You know, this is like my, this is the one that I bring to my hotel room every night. Gotcha. Wow. You know. They say good gear inspires. You know, if it's inspiring you to play and bring it with you to your hotel room, then it must be great. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, this thing I kind of doesn't leave my sight. I get it. I totally get <laughs> this it. one doesn't live in the vault with the rest, no. you know, it's kind of just in the bed next to you. <laughs> yeah, at least where I can see it. All right. Do we have any others before we dive into? Uh... Um, well, there's Casio. OK, so when I got a chance to look in your boat earlier, this one stuck out as obviously your most expensive guitar. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. This one is, this is clearly... Definitely a collector. Um, it's, I guess, late, mid to late 80s uh, Casio. Um, it's great. Are it's these had nylon a, it's had a little bit of work done on it. It's had a neck, uh, neck reset. <laughs> uh, Dave Johnson kind of, he had to re-glue the saddle down here and uh, a few things um, it had, like the change the carbonator and the flux capacitor and those totally. things out. Mm. There was a couple little things like that that we had to fix, but really, um, you know. cool yeah I, think I remember when i was a kid these like had onboard effects and stuff almost like a casio well, keyboard right yeah it's um there's all <laughs> these different buttons and they do different stuff there's like the donkey kong <laughs> uh do i hear it tracking almost like a like a like a midi pickup or something Honestly, don't know how it works. I think it's a rubber keyboard that like oh, okay. it senses yeah, okay. your finger, and then each one of these is a sense is like a trigger. Right. So it's it it knows you're on the fifth fret and you're hitting the A string. <laughs> so it just. Um. And there's this great. This is the mandolin setting. Of course it is. That's exactly like <laughs> what a mandolin sounds like. Thank you. 
So that's nice. Yeah. It also has this. <laughs> that's the best part. Oh, I have to switch to a guitar or something. amazing and it only works with the glasses right well yeah that's like the this is the preamp actually <laughs> the preamps in here and it powers the uh like i said that flux capacitor thing that dave put in there um but yeah this is it's really probably my most that's your baby huh my main axe yeah i would I, say i get it i get it I did this say. come out with uh when you're playing with trey anastasio or like this seems like a guitar that would fit that really well not so much, huh? I mean, I only bring this out with Special. the big dogs. Yeah. yeah. I only, Special occasions. I only yeah. <laughs> for sure, man. Yeah. Get it, get it. Well, maybe All let's right. uh, switch back to your Thompson and we'll run through your effects. Sweet. So the last time we talked, you had some, some of the stuff looks familiar, but some of it not so much. The Grace, obviously, is something you've had with you for quite a while. You did have like a boss switcher of some sort, which you've upgraded to the uh, RJM. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I'm guessing, because you got so much going on over here in the rack. Yeah. But do you um, want to like talk us through it, or maybe the best way to do it would be how you have your uh, mastermind set up? Because some people do it per song, per set list. Some guys set it up like a like almost like a pedal board where it's like clean, crunch, yeah. gain. Or how I are you? How I, are you running? Mine is more kind of like a stomp box setup. Okay. Um. So I guess yeah, what I got going on is the Grace. DI is the main, you know, just DI. That will go out, um, that goes out also to the Kemper when I use. And the Kemper is just for guitar, like electric guitar sounds, right? Yeah, and I pretty much have like one sound on there that yeah. I use. I think we were messing with a few other sounds like a while ago, but. I just ended up kind of just wanting the, just the one sound. I mean, I do have... Like, I have, you know, a couple effects on, on this... On this channel. I have the mood pedal from Chase Bliss. Uh, I have this... There's just a little reverb. Um, but then this thing... With the uh, the whole harmonizer thing, you know, I get like a little weird on that. So, what amp are you modeling coming out of the Kemper? It's a Solan uh, Soldano. It's like SLO SLO one hundred is yeah. what it says. Yeah. Which is that like a heavy metal amp? Yeah, I, I don't it's, really. It's know. like a, one of my favorite high gain amps of all really? time. Yeah. It's funny. Recently, we've run into a couple of guys that are using them that aren't using them for metal at all. Oh yeah. You know so. It's a great amp. It's just a really good amplifier. So it's a good place to start. It's a totally. modeling for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just like getting like totally, 
I don't know. I should not be playing this guitar through an amp anyway. So <laughs> at that point, it's just what the hell? Who, ca who cares, cares what happens? Yeah, fuck it. yeah. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite things about like, like, phaser and distortion and all kinds of wacky shit that you wouldn't expect to hear in a bluegrass setting. That's that's the fun part, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, and then I have, I guess, like just to go through the pedals. I mean, I have the womb tone, which I I have that connected to an expression pedal so I can change the rate. Sure. I've been doing that for, for a long time since I think I was doing that back when I saw y'all the first time. Just so I can change the rate of it. A lot of time we'll be in like a, I'll just be playing rhythm. just give it like something like that I don't know what the hell I'm doing <laughs> and then uh, I got a reverb which is that Polara Digitech I've had that the longest I think maybe of any pedal here that one's been with me since my very first pedal board I tried to make back in like like 2011 or 12 interesting yeah now there's a lot of great reverbs in the world right now what is it about that one? Is it just because you're really comfortable with it? And it's kind of like this, like this guitar. It's like it ain't broke, and I've tried to fix it, but every time I try to fix it, I realize it wasn't broke. Right. And so, huh. it's just my reverb. I use uh, the uh, what's the setting? I think it's the Halo setting or something. Let me make, let me just double check. Yeah, it's the Halo setting uh, with you know with the tails on. You can get a picture of this later, yeah, but the, it's a we'll Digitech Polara. I don't know, I just got it a long time ago and I've just... Oh, let me switch back to the... Uh... Pitchfork. Gotta have that for bluegrass. Totally. <laughs> Just like to have that available. Sure. Uh, the Nemesis Delay is one of my, definitely my most used pedals. So source Audio, right? Source Audio Nemesis. Man, they make some, I love their stuff, but some of it is a little above my pay grade as far as like how complicated and deep you can get with those pedals. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's wild. Totally. I mean, uh, it's mine too, man. I, <laughs> I, I don't want to pull out my cell phone to try to, right. you know, mess with my, the same thing with the H9. It's like, oh God, well, it's just too much. But Toby knows how to do it. So hey. I can just tell him what I want to hear and he can figure it out because he's good at that. What a luxury. Um, but so the Nemesis is great. I have the tap tempo set on this so I can... Just kind of, you know, make sure I'm. Where a lot of times I'll just like hit it like right on the downbeat or like 
skip a downbeat or something, and then it usually lines up with something cool. So Nemesis is badass. I use that all the time. Uh, freeze. Now, out of electro harmonics, those things are awesome. I'm curious, with the mastermind, can you program the switch to do the momentary feature like you could on the actual pedal? I'm not sure. I bet you can. Huh. But I just use it as like a um. You know, to put like a drone or like something. A, like a, almost like a synth pad underneath. Well, sometimes, and I'll do like a, put the like octave on it too. And then you can just kind of have that to like. Just getting weird, man. Yeah, it's fun to get weird. Um, the H9, I have it. There's a hundred sounds on it. I use it for this one sound <laughs> that I hardly ever use. It just sounds like a helicopter reverb or something. I think it's called Shimmer or something on there. For sure. Um, the reverse delay is just what it sounds like. Sure. I can't even remember what pedal that's coming from. Oh, this digital delay right here. The Boss digital oh, the delay. Yeah. Yeah, I just have it on uh, the reverse setting yeah sure so like lately i've been figuring out like something cool to do is i'm running the reverse delay with the nemesis at the same time and they like go into each other and then if you like mess with the fork too Make some really weird sounds, you know. How fun! Um, I have this like synthesizer pedal here that I never use. But if I did, it would be awesome. I need to use it more. Um, what about the Dimension C? How are you using that? Yeah, uh, it's just. I think it's just on like one of the like the third setting or something. Gotcha. It's just a real chorus-y kind of sound. You know, I'll use it for more rhythm stuff, I think, than like sure. lead stuff. Chords and shit. Now, I know for a while you were traveling with a Leslie. I'm guessing you were using the Strymon Lex to kind of cover that territory, huh? Yeah. Kind of went back to it. I haven't actually abandoned Leslie. It's still on my rig. Um, but what I found was I just want it to be on my direct signal, not like a something we're adding in because I want it to be really wet. You right. know, I want it to totally take over my signal. And be post effects as well, like so you can. Yeah, stack I mean, anything else you'd like. just so I can hit this sound and it come out like that, you know, out of the speakers. 
because we were like miking the speaker and kind of blending it with my signal, but it's just another thing adding to the mix too. There's all these live microphones up here. I have a microphone inside of my guitar. There's several instruments. There's just so much information in my headphones right. that, you know, it's like, I'd rather just turn on the pedal on my DI signal and, and, and it kind of kills two birds, you know, at once, like, uh, getting me out of the, uh, you know, just micing it and, and it really get, makes it so it's wetter. Uh, and then it's just taking all that shit out of my headphones yeah. too. You know? And it's a little easier for front of house. Oh, totally. And it just, yeah, it just sounds better. I don't yeah. know. It's a good sound pedal. Yeah. So I just had it like really wet, you know, with like the distance really close. Um, and I just have the slow and fast thing. I'll just kind of like use it. Uh, if I'm playing, I'll just kind of occasionally hit that button and just kind of change it up. Yeah, yeah. Just morph the sound, you know. Uh, Pog, octave. Hardly ever use it, but it's always been there. This thing. The raster. The red panda. Yeah, they make some really cool stuff. That's really weird pedal. I think there's one part and maybe one song that we never play that I, I like. I hardly ever use it, but it's still on there because yeah. if we play, I think it's like... So if we do train, train. Sometimes I, I put it right there. I don't know why. This thing is a uh, one of them source audio things that I, again, I hardly ever use this one. I only put this stuff on if it's really getting weird and, you know, the crowd is going off and we're just getting into some really different territory, you know, which we're exploring. And yeah. sometimes you explore further than other times, you know? Makes perfect sense. Um, so every once in a while, well, I have the envelope, which is a, it's actually a bass envelope. Larry Keel taught, taught me about this one. Oh. MXR, it's a bass envelope. It actually works a lot better on the acoustic guitar. But if you mix it with that, um, Source audio thing. Again, that that stuff rarely happens. Um, I guess yeah. Just on this other page, I, all I have is the uh, the harmonizer for the amp. Uh, I have the mood delay. Yeah, which Chase Bliss, man, they make freaking incredible stuff. And then this, I think, is a Chase Bliss, the reverb thing, too. Burby. Yeah, man, you got a lot of fun toys at your disposal here. Yeah. It's really fun, and so... It's what it is. Oh, I have my looper too over here on the side. Ah, little the little the little ditto, ditto yeah. which is it's another one of those things where 
It ain't broke. I've been using the Ditto for a long time and like just a little mini one. Yeah, they're and, great. And yeah, it's like I've what? tried other things. I like the little Ditto. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you noticed this, but every looper has just got its own quirks in the, in the sense like if you've always played a Boomerang or you've always played a DL4, the where it catches, like you have to learn that. Really? And so if you're if you're used to that one, that's probably yeah. it, you know. Yeah, I know Trey, Trey's like really glued to the boomerang. Old school. Yeah, how often are you turning on the looper? Like, I'll kind of get some weird stuff going with it, like... Uh, let's see... just like a, when we're getting really weird and going off on these long improvised jams you know sure. the cool thing I, I guess about how I have this set up too is like say I have some loop going So like the DI signal or the, you know, the looper signal is doing this kind of stuff over here. You kind of come over top of it. And then, here, yeah, yeah, I'll come over here on the amp, which doesn't, that was one of the things I had to figure out was like, I don't want the loop to come through the amp. I want that to be a separate thing, you know? So we had to kind of figure out how to route that or whatever, but yeah, there's, sure. there's little things like that. Um, there's still, next time I see you, there will be more because sure. it's always growing. Hey, I think it's a moving target. one of the things. I'm, the next thing I'm going to figure out is like, you know, I used to use more than one effect on the Nemesis. Sometimes I just reach down and turn the knob sure. to a different thing, you know. A lot of these pedals have so many different sounds in them, multiple sounds that I could use. That's what we're going to start doing. I don't know if, how much you've talked to Toby, but we're going to start, you know, like... Implementing the little... Yeah, like, four. so I could use the Helix on the Nemesis as well as the Sweeper. Right. Um, so I could... You know, like I might add another pitchfork so I could use a different tone on it instead of like I have one, I'll have one that can go do that, but then I'll have one that's just always on to where I hit it. It's just like the note and then the note like right here. Right. Like a little bit off, like like this kind of thing. So like I hit one note and it's you know, I like stuff like that. Yeah, I mean it's that's fun. um Well man, with your imagination and 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 ability. I feel like he, uh, there's no ceiling, man. You can kind of take it anywhere you go. Yeah. I like it. I like I, it a lot. I'm just trying to have fun and, you know, 
keep my ass on the ground and uh it's it's been a really fun fun time so far but like i've had a lot of people ask me when are you gonna do another rig rundown and so that's why i reached out and i i i'm glad you guys were able to make it um because this is for those folks that you know want to know this nerdy shit um because yeah it's like like i said so many things here i figured out just along the way i learned this from hanging around green sky i learned this from hanging around the dusters like i wouldn't know about that envelope without larry keel like there's so many things that i've just learned along the way and how to you know do this stuff and like you know running the looper and stuff like that's all from like listening to fish and stuff like yeah. trey does that stuff though you know the whale calls back in the day and stuff it's like oh man that's so cool what if i could do that what if i could get a little loop going and then you know come over here and jam yeah. on it with the amp it's just it's just like a coloring book man right and considering your hardcore flat picking bluegrass background incorporating all of this and taking a piece from here and there it's created this whole thing that no one in the world could have done but you and i think that's beautiful man you know how cool is that and i'm personally very excited for the show tonight so i appreciate you having us up here oh man yeah thank you thanks for letting us uh, hang with toby absolutely my possibly my possible cousin <laughs> oh yeah i think we went over everything i, think I we mean covered it all anything man. else it would just be kind of more a question for toby and stuff like um i i will play the banjo through that and stuff but i think he just switches over other than that i think we went through about everything yeah. All right, um, one last question for you. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the red red button do there? Red button turns on the fan. Oh. More importantly, it turns off the fan. I gotcha. Okay. When it is bothering me, or when my hair's, you know, going everywhere or something. I don't know. I thought it was gonna call the commissioner or something, but the fan's uh, cool too. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I, you know, I think Toby just stuck that down there because I was like fiddling with it, and there'd be nights where I. You know, it's hot or nights where it's cold, and then I'm like reach down and I'm like turning off the fan in the middle of the show, and he's like, yeah, and that, those things move some serious air too. Oh yeah, plus you get the super, do the Steve I, yeah yeah, just you get know it, you get, get the going, badass man. looks going. So. Yeah hell yeah, well thank you guys so much for uh, hanging in there with us and watching this rundown. We appreciate it, Billy. Thank you man, thank you guys Stay so tuned much. Stay for more rig rundowns, video lessons, all the guitar dorkery your little hearts could desire. See you guys later. Thanks.